Welcome. Oh, wait, that shouldn't be there. There we go. That should be there. There we go. Much better. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stock Dirty to me. I am, of course, your host, Phil Better, the podcast mogul. With me, as always, are my uh, smarter and better investors. You have Tony from the Stock Bros podcast, who uh, is an AMC bot, who loves the AMC so much. And then we have Dalton down below, the advisor from Banting Corp Capital Management. We are all admins in the group uh, Stock Market for Beginners. We're doing this every week, usually on Sundays or Wednesdays, to give you guys an update on what's going on in the market and just answering your questions that we see in the group. So going to start off, Tony, how has your week been? How are you doing? Has the market been fair to you? Yeah, you know, it's... Uh been pretty good uh, you know it's i would say the market's been on a steady very very slow and steady trending uptrending um uh, it's it's basically i know people think that nothing's happening and it seems like it's going up and down up and down but if you zoom out and you look at the big picture and you look at 2021 as a whole the stock market index the u.s index and the overall indexes like the s p 500 the dow jones and the nasdaq have been trending up all year long even though they've had their bumps along the way where they'll fall one week and go up the next week fall one week go up the next week but they are all in positive territory so for me it's been a pretty decent year pretty average year I would say. Excellent. And Dalt, uh, how, being the residential license advisor here on the show, how is it going? How is everything, you know, going good for you and your clients? Yeah, it's going pretty good for me in the market. Um, I'm not like most people, so my portfolio has been pretty much the same. I haven't added anything lately. Um, taking, uh, I've been taking advantage of a couple option trades here and there, and I sold the stock. Um, my whole position about a couple of weeks ago. Um, but other than that, I haven't uh, added any um, added any shares in a while. My portfolio is as as it has been uh, and just continues to uh, trend higher. And yeah, I mean, SP 500 is hitting a new high pretty much every week now, if not every week, every other week. Um, it's been a really great market, a really stable market. My portfolio has been quiet for the most part and rising so that's the way i like to see it uh i don't like to see a lot of volatility or any of that uh craziness in my portfolio at least yeah, <clears throat> yeah of course each portfolio is different uh and your risk assessment obviously depends on that um now apparently major news did get broken in our group uh tony about something that huge seems news. to huge, huge. news yeah, huge. and uh, it is, of course, the AMC squeeze. One of the yeah. uh, members of the group did let it slip when the big squeeze is coming or the short squeeze is going to happen. And coincidentally, it's a date that we probably won't forget because it is, of course, yeah, one of our friends' uh, good date. Uh, but Tony, want to jump in and let us know yeah. what is the date and what 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 should we know about the AMC squeeze that's going on? So for those of you that are familiar with The Daily Show on Comedy Central, I'm going to play the role of Jon Stewart today. And I'm going to tell you that what we have is we have some a groundbreaking news. Apparently, AMC, it's going to squeeze on December 17th, guys. And it actually, in order for this squeeze to happen is it needs to break $70 per share. So if it does that, it's going right to the moon December 17th. 
So uh, stay tuned and don't forget to hold with H-O-D-L until then. And now, Dalt, I just want to know, what is the likelihood of this AMC squeeze happening? Now, as someone who knows nothing about the stock market or my limiting uh, investment abilities, um, what is the AMC squeeze about? Is it going to be like the GMC squeeze or is it going to be something else? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> is it, is Come it, on, is I just it... gave definitive stats. Is it is it going to be like uh, is it going to be like the GME squeeze? Uh, no, it can never be like that. It can never be to that velocity because they just had simply way more shares short that they had to cover. Uh, they had to cover every share in the market plus an additional eighteen percent in the case of GME. Um, they only have to cover twenty five percent of of the float here. Um, it's not that big of a deal. Um, if it were to squeeze, this is probably nobody has covered yet. Um, but if, if we're to squeeze, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't go quite at the velocity, um, as uh, GME, GME was kind of, um, people had to get out really, really quickly because of how many shares they had, they had to cover. Uh, for example, right now in AMC, I mean, they got a 25% per, uh, percent of float shorted right, right now. So, I mean, even if they covered 5%, that increases their margin and lessens the pressure off that off that higher price. Um, so they can really, you know, do 2% 2, 2 here, 5% here versus in GME, they couldn't really do 2% here or 5% here because they have to get every share back in the market and then do it over again, 18%. Um, so they didn't really have the luxury of, of waiting around as long as, as short sellers can do here. Um, well, that's because you are not talking about, and you're a shill because you refuse to mention naked shorts. Oh yes, the naked shorts, which seems to be po yeah. popular with the AMC crowd. What is the naked short? I know we touched on it last meeting, but just a revamp, if you will, uh, either one of you guys. Well, according to AMC, the AMC themselves, they released a statement about two weeks ago saying that there is no evidence or um, there's no evidence or any credible proof of any existence of any naked shorts. They couldn't find any. They did an investigation. Make that of it what you will. I don't know. Um, according to the people on Reddit, naked shorts are running rampant and over 100% of the stock is shorted. So I don't know. Very interesting. So just to summarize what we talked about, AMC, the squeeze is happening on the 17th of December. It needs to hit at least $70. And our resident advisor, Dalt here, thinks because that the market isn't being, uh, they're not covering as much, it won't be as volatile or as skyrocketing as GameStop. So take take that as you will. Oh, Tony. Well, like, well, like Dalt said, um, GME was, uh, that's like a once in a lifetime thing will happen with GME because they'll never do that again. They, have, they had over a hundred percent of the share shorted, which is insane. And the other thing to remember with GameStop is GameStop only had 50 million outstanding shares at that moment. So it was so easy to manipulate that stock. AMC has over 500 million outstanding shares and every, it's seemingly every week they're issuing more shares. So they're yeah. diluting the market cap. And uh, they're making it so that the float percentage is actually going to go down the more shares they issue. So it's going to be really difficult for that scenario to re uh, replicate itself with only 20% of the shares shorted. I think actually, I think last time I looked, it was like 17%. So 
I don't know, make that of it what you will, but it's it seems impossible that uh, we're going to see a GameStop 2.0. So. Good to know, good to know. Now we're going to go into a little more, you know, less speculative uh, uh, stocks. And we're going to jump into um, something that a question that we saw in the group when you were posting about the show. Um, people want to know, is it a good time to buy bonds? Bonds seem to be safe, you know, like we're always we're getting, our, obviously our residential uh, advisor here. Yes. Would now be a good time to buy bonds, you know, for those your kids, maybe for the future? No, 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 no. So if interest if interest rates rise, um, bond, existing bond prices are going to fall um, because new bonds coming on the market are going to be coming in at higher interest rates. So uh, it'd be good to wait until after that that happens, after interest rates rise, and then new competing bonds will come at slightly higher rates. I don't think rates really differed much, though, from um, January till now. If you look at um, some of the corporate bond universe indexes, um, or sorry, total bond universe indexes, um, which cover corporate bonds, um, some government bonds, um, other investment grade uh, bonds. There, last year in January, I think they may have been going for 2.3, 2.4%. Now they're hovering right around 2%. Um, so it hasn't differed much, um, but I think that they'll probably go back up to 2.3 or 2.4. Um, so it'd be it'd be good to wait, um, get a little bit uh, higher higher yield, and you get some cheaper prices there once interest rates rise as well. If you're just looking at um, ETFs that track um, that bond. track those total bond universes. Excellent. And Tony, do you have any uh, anything to add to the bond universe? No. So he he pretty much hit the head on the nail. I would say that bonds and stocks tend to or bonds tend to do the opposite of stocks. So bonds are good for. Uh, deflationary environments so when we have like recessions and uh, market crashes because they tend to do the opposite of stocks and you're just buying when you're buying a bond you're you're I, basically an IOU you're loaning a corporation or a municipal or government money and then they're going to pay you back with some interest um, so you're not it's not like a stock where you're buying when you're buying a stock you're buying a tiny piece of ownership in a company that's not how a bond is so I, I don't know. I think a lot of people might be confused about that. But yeah, bonds always have much lower return rates than stocks anyways. And if you're younger, if you're in your like 20s, 30s or 40s, you probably really don't ever need bonds until you get close to retirement. So that it's like a way to hedge against the market crash and you can protect your investment and all the money you've been contributing for decades. So it might be smarter to transition to bonds when you get older and closer to retirement. But for right now, you're just sacrificing gains by having too much bonds if you're young. So, all right. Which uh, you mentioned, bonds fight against uh, or do better in deflation. Right now, it looks like we're maybe going into uh, maybe a, a bit of an inflation right now. Uh, some of the market is worried. Should we be worried about uh, inflation happening? What are some things that we can do to uh, fight against it when we're looking at investing in the stock market, guys? Uh, well, I think I think it's important to understand what happened. So a lot of people are freaking out because the Federal Reserve of the Fed, they issued a statement that interest rates are going to rise in 2023 and it's a little higher than they than they expected. I believe that's what the article said. Right. I didn't read the full article, but um, I apologize. Neither um, did I. <laughs> no, I, I think it was they said they were going to raise it twice in that period of time. 
But I think it's important to understand what the Federal Reserve is because a lot of people don't really know. The Federal Reserve is just a central banking system that's actually independent from the, they're supposed to be independent from the government. They're not controlled by the government. So they set monetary policies by regulating banks and, and banking policies. And they try to keep inflation in check and they try to keep unemployment low. And um, inflation is just uh, the decline of purchasing power over a period of time. So it's like when you create 25% of all the money ever existed in one year, obviously money isn't going to be as valuable anymore. So you're not going to have the same purchase. The dollar is not going to have the same purchasing power that it did 12 months ago. Um, so that's something to be aware of when you're making decisions about buying a house or making going to make a big decision, a big purchase. You should probably try to make sure you have your emergency funds in order because the price of milk is going to, everything is going to be more expensive. So you just have to not, it's not like you have to be scared. You just have to be aware of what's happening and it's probably going to be a very temporary thing. Um, so you just have to be aware of what's going to happen. You have to make sure your finances are in order and invest wisely. So that's my take on it. Dalt, anything you need to, you want to add to the inflation fear factor that may be going on right now? Yeah. So inflation has been, um, has been sky skyrocketing and it's, uh, it is, it is extremely high right now. Um, anybody that's, um, doing their grocery shopping at, um, at say Walmart has noticed an extremely, um, high jump in your, in your bill. Uh, it's, it's because, um, <clears throat> Because they gave everybody a whole lot of free money, uh, demand didn't really drop off as much as it should have under normal circumstances. If we were to enter a recession or something like uh, like that, so the, the fact that demand has stayed um, so high for so for for so long, and now as we open up and we get back to normal here, demand is back to you know even higher than we were before the pandemic last year. But the thing with us. Uh, from a lot of um, re uh, retailers, um, product suppliers, food manufacturers, is those supply chains are pretty, have been pretty fragile and supply hasn't been able to keep up with the demand. So there's some stuff that we usually shop for at Walmart that I haven't seen in weeks. Um, Pam cooking spray, I haven't seen that in weeks. I don't know if you have it out there in my, in, Mon in Montreal, Phil, but we don't have it here in the, in the, uh, G in the G G GTA. So um, uh, yeah. there's a lot of other... <laughs> Yeah, go check, man, because we don't have it. We don't have it here at all. So uh, there, and there's a few other little household kitchen items that are just off off the racks, and that's kind of what's leading to a lot of in, inflation right now. So that's that's a pretty transitory and short term thing. Um, as we move closer to the end of the year and supply picks back up, supply chains get to be um, where they were before. I think that we'll see in, in inflation paper down because you'll get you'll be getting a whole lot more products to the to the store and you won't have that sh um sort of demand outstripping supply which we have right now which is i think the major reason for the spike in in inflation awesome uh we just got a great question here um unfortunately the name isn't popping up but i am looking over on our screen martha, here. It's martha yeah. gonzalez just asked yeah. so although inflation may cost our cost our cause our stock prices to rise is the true its true value has not been affected would this mean a core correction should soon to follow? Is this a trend? Inflation equals stock increase, deflation equals stock decrease. Is that an accurate correlation or is it the opposite true? Um, guys? Can go both ways. 
stock yeah. market could rise in inflation and it could rise in uh, deflation. If you think about it log logically, inflation should be good for stocks. Um, if money is, lo is losing value um, and uh, stocks are priced in terms of dollars, um, wouldn't that mean stocks have to move higher as well? Uh, so <laughs> you could look at it. You could look at it both both ways. Um, the we the real wild wild card is what the Fed is going to do with monetary policy. I think that speaks a lot louder than what the rate of inflation is at on CPI. Whenever those monthly uh, re reports come out, so Powell did say that he wants to keep rates unchanged until end of 2023. The funny thing with that is is he's up for <laughs> his term is expires in February of next year. Um, is Biden going to keep on a Trump-elected Fed chair uh, official? Probably not. So it doesn't really matter what um, Jerome Powell wants to 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 do. He's certainly the bullish guy. He that that's that's Trump's pick because he's very 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 uh, economic friendly and pro markets. Um, but I think Biden moves to a more hawkish guy who wants to raise rates even faster than the end of 2023. So people are really applying a lot to what Powell is saying now, but he has to get reelected in, in, in February. And if he doesn't, um, well, we could be looking at totally different monetary policy from what uh, the Fed is saying now, because he's only in charge for another few few months, right? Interesting, interesting. This brings me also with inflation, it also brings us into the housing bubble that's going on right now. And one of the uh, questions we got here was, will the housing bubble burst? Now, this would be kind of like a, maybe the second housing bubble to burst within our lifetime, at least my lifetime that I can remember. Uh, the first one being kind of the 2008 giant bubble burst there. I believe it's 2008. Was it 2008 the bubble burst? Yeah. 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 That was so, the, the, the that, bond. Yeah, yeah, the junk bond, housing market, everybody lost their house pretty much. Ninja loans, no income, no job or assets. Ninja. There we go. Um, <laughs> are we looking at something very similar to this coming? Is another housing bubble going to burst or are we looking at something completely different? Uh, well, it's definitely going to it's definitely going to burst. I don't I don't know if I'd say burst, but it's they're definitely going to be a huge devaluation maybe 10, 20, who knows how much, but prices can't stay like this. I mean, I myself, I've been trying to buy a house for a year now and literally everything that I've bid on has sold for 25, 30, $40,000 over asking price. Uh, I just went to go look at a condo a couple days ago and bid was going to bid $15,000 over the asking price and it ended up selling for $40,000 over asking Jesus. price. So this can't keep continuing. And I think um, the one thing to remember when inflation is happening or we're in an inflationary environment is it's always good to invest in assets that are not duplicatable. So uh, maybe I, I know the trend right now is like baseball cards and NFTs and stuff that you can't produce more of. I know like the, uh, the rookie Michael Jordan cards and Wayne Gretzky cards have been selling at ridiculous rates in the past year, like four point million dollars. I think one of those cards just sold for. Well, it is so, Wayne Gretzky, so it makes sense. Well, and it's also <laughs> not it's also not a duplicatable asset like cash, like money. We just we can just create money whenever we want. So when you can just create something whenever you want, it's worth less. Um, so, cause it's not scarce. There's no, it's not rare. Anybody can get their hands on money. It's never been an easier time to make money nowadays. 
So um, I think it's it's wise to invest in assets that may not be duplicatable and also stick to assets like S&P 500 funds or companies like blue chip companies that, you know, they're profitable companies. They've been through market downturns. They've been through recessions. They've been through the market crash and they recovered the housing crash and they recovered. Uh, if there was a crash, the, the worst or the last place I would want to own stock in is AMC or Sundial or companies like that, because I don't know that they're ever going to recover from that. <laughs> so um, I, I just think that there, there's definitely going to be a, a housing correction at some point. It's just a matter of when. I mean, maybe, like you said, if Powell does get reelected, it may not happen until tw- 2024, may, maybe two, three years from now. Who knows? But I think it's going to happen as soon as interest rates are raised and inflation goes up. I think that's when we're going to start seeing the the housing prices fall. So, Dalt, anything you want to add to that regarding the housing bubble being in Canada and uh, our markets yeah. different from theirs? Yeah, our, our market's a whole lot hotter. Um, I know that you guys are valued, U.S. is valued at 20% more than us, but we're having houses here sell for one hundred to three hundred thousand dollars over asking, what? depending on. Oh yeah. Oh uh, my god. Depending on. Yeah, a five hundred thousand dollar house here is going for going for about seven. If you're anywhere in the uh, G in the G, GTA. GTA, so, yeah, we, GTM, and GTV. Uh, G, yeah, are, GTA, Greater Toronto Area, um, okay. Greater Montreal, Greater Montreal area. area, and Greater Vancouver Area. It started in Vancouver. Toronto started the market when uh, Quebec decided to go, we want to separate. And then everybody, all the Anglos left and went to Toronto, which caused you guys to boost. And then with the influx from Asia into Vancouver, and the students yep. buying up condos, uh, the parents buying condos just for their students to live in, uh, only like six months of the year, pretty much. Uh, the prices are. You guys are getting hit harder than than Austin because I know you're saying you're having shortages and in, in, uh, what was it you were having shortages? Houses. Period. No. Uh, oh, the uh, cooking, uh, cooking, pan, cooking pan. spray. Yeah. Little like we, little uh, little stuff around the house and in the kitchen yeah. where we're running See, out. I of. haven't seen much of that in the beginning of the pandemic. I saw a lot of that, but now I haven't really seen any shortages of anything. But it could just be my area too. Yeah, it, it, areas are. It depends yeah. on the areas and the stores you go to. But yeah, our our housing bubble didn't get hit as hard as you guys did in two thousand eight because we were somewhat or different regulations. But it could be happening. We get ours uh, in the coming years. Can we can we take a? I want to ask the people that are watching or people that are going to be watching. Leave a comment below if you're noticing any shortages at at your local grocery stores. And let us know what your housing market around your area is like how much your house is selling for um and let us know are you trying to buy a house and and any of the struggles you've been having so yeah uh actually martha again comes in with a great question uh again i'm not sure why uh, it's not showing your your questions here but why would inflation cause the housing market to fall wouldn't the selling price of a home also increase uh what was it what was the question why would inflation cause the housing market to fall or burst? Who said that? I don't think any one of us said that. Oh yeah, you're right. She's she she's right. It would cause well, the price of houses to rise. Yeah. Well, it, we're talking about the interest rates rising too, because mm-hmm. when interest rates rising, the the houses are going to become the more expensive to buy, because you're going to have to a longer um, loan. Or your loan is going to be a bigger loan in the long yep. run. So. 
she she apologizes. She may have misunderstood. It's fine. Um, sometimes it's like we're throwing a lot at you guys, and uh, of course, sometimes oh, I think she meant. I think she was talking about when, because um, when I said the like when the housing bubble may burst, and I said maybe after 2023, 2024, when oh, they okay. change their monetary policy. So maybe that's what she was thinking. So my, I might have misspoke. That might be my fault. Sorry. Um, I was I was listening to a, a podcast the other day, and this was on the Futures Radio Show podcast that I I listened to, and they had a guest on there who was um, used to work at the IMF, International Monetary Fund, and um, he was saying that um, house housing builders they are they have been afraid over the last year to build more houses because they still have post-traumatic stress disorder from two, from 2008, <laughs> building, 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 and demand fell off a cliff and they got stuck holding all these big bags of crap. Um, so they said that they haven't been making that mistake this time around and they've tapered off significantly. So what they're doing instead, they said there's still high demand, like we're at record demand for houses right now. Um, but they've been building less and they're just throwing the prices higher on existing homes that they have. Now, this is for new houses. I'm not talking about um, if you're buying an existing house that's 10 years old, five years old, or two years old, whatever. I'm talking about new new builds, right? Because new builds, there is no bidding more. You pay what it is, right? So um, that's why prices of new houses have gone up. But they said that, um, or the guy was saying that as as we move out of this, you know, pandemic and people get back to work, they, these these home builders will start to um, build more, which should put downward pressure on the prices of new houses. And I believe that's called the new home index. Um, if you want to track the the prices of new homes coming onto the market, those gains should should slow and even might even and might even turn negative um, for for new for new for new builds as they. Um, start to build more, and when they build more, they'll take the prices of those existing of those new houses down. Um, right now, they have them super high because they're only building a small amount because they don't want to build too much and get stuck in the same sort of situation that we're in 2008. Uh, so that so that that will speak to new houses for existing houses. Um, I guess if the price drop in new houses is comparable to where um, existing homes in the existing home index are selling, you'll see people, you know, why buy an existing home for 500 when I can buy a new house for 550, right? You might see uh, demand sort of shift away from existing to new um, when, when that happens. So that will put a little bit of a uh, cooling effect on the market. So uh, answering Tony's question about uh, some of the houses, we do have a few people uh, mentioning uh, we have Sherry Russell from uh, Western Oklahoma saying you can get a spacious home for just, you know, a quarter of a million dollars. Amazing. Um, if you're looking, that's depending on how spacious you're talking about. But in Oklahoma, the land is pretty much probably ginormous uh, plots of land you can get there. Uh, we have someone in uh, from Houston. Unfortunately, I, I don't have your name. I don't have it pulled up here, but they're saying they're going faster than they can build. That's Martha uh, again. Yeah. Oh, Martha again. Yeah. I apologize, Martha. And uh, then we have uh, someone else agreeing with Martha. People are selling houses on their when they're on their way to look at them. So, <laughs> which I I I would believe because a lot of people have come into that money from you know proper investing or from side hustling or anything like that, and they're looking to because we've been told all, our whole lives buy a house that's an asset that you want to have. So that's why we're we're seeing these houses maybe go up for more and more than they're actually asking for. It's uh it's all about supply and demand and right now it's 
it's crazy not to sell your house because yeah this is definitely a seller's market i mean you're getting cash offers i know so many people that are like i'm I'm gonna put my house on the market i wasn't gonna sell but if i can get 25 30 thousand dollars over what i want and my loans already you know 70 percent paid off i'm gonna have all this equity and uh but the problem with that is where are you gonna live after because now you got to buy something or rent and even renting is really expensive. I live in, I, by the way, I have to put a caveat that I live in the fourth most expensive state in the United States to live in, I believe. It was number four. So we got- I live like, in the cheap, one of the cheapest metropolitan areas yeah. in Canada. I, I just want to say, but we are a major metropolitan. It's really weird. So yeah, we got like Hawaii, California, New York, Massachusetts, and then Connecticut is right there. So, um, you know, the cost of living is really high. And I think in Oklahoma, you can, you can probably, that's why you can afford a really great house for 250000 because the cost of living is so much less. Uh, in Connecticut, you can get a decent house for two fifty, but you're not going to be living in a no mansion or anything like that. <laughs> you're not living in a spacious home in Oklahoma is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you could get a nice house for two fifty, but... Uh, it's going to be like three bedrooms. Uh, is it Connecticut like where all of the uh, Wall, Wall, the Wall Street guys live? Uh, yeah. Connecticut's, Connecticut's one of those weird states where we have like... It's like top, an hour to like downtown Man, Manhattan yeah. or whatever. Well, we have like uh, we have like five of the top poorest uh, cities out of the top 50 in the U.S. But then we also <laughs> have like two or three of the top 25 richest cities like uh. Uh, you know, a lot of people move from New, uh, New York to Greenwich and they're buying up a lot of real estate in Connecticut because they're escaping from New York to get out of the city. So it's just driving up prices here. So, yeah, store, you know, so. I know there is I know there is a couple hedge fund managers. Paul Tudor Jones is one of them that lives in Green uh, in Greenwich. Um, yeah. Are you saying Greenwich is the suburb of Manhattan is what you're trying to say? The, is, for the ultra ultra rich, I think. For the ultra rich, oh, yeah, the one who has helicopters. You can look <laughs> yeah. it up, but uh, I believe Greenwich is like top, easily top twenty, like richest cities in the U.S. Uh, and they're really small too. So uh, um, now we're gonna we're gonna just change a bit, going back to the market. Um, should people buy inverse ETFs? I have no idea what this is. Uh, yeah. Tony, you asked me to put this onto the show. Would you like to explain it to us and then we'll get Dalt's uh, opinion? Uh, I can give you a quick synopsis on, synopsis on what it is. So a lot of them are like leveraged, meaning they're, a lot of them are three times leveraged. So what it means is if the market goes uh, down, anytime the, it works in reverse. So typically, in order for you to make money with an ETF, the ETF needs to go up in price. But with a leveraged ETF or an inverted ETF, it does the opposite of what the stock does. So a lot of people are betting that the ETF is going to fall in value and that there's going to be a market crash. So if you think there's going to be a market crash or it's going to fall in value, you buy an inverted ETF so that if it falls, you're actually going to make money and it goes up. So it's a, kind of like a squeeze on a stock, if you will. Uh, no, it just does the opposite. Don't stop saying that. <laughs> Are we going to have an inverse squeeze, Tony? Is that what you're trying to tell us? No, no, no. It just does the opposite of what the market's doing. So if, if people think that the, the market's going to fall, that ETF goes up rather, you know what I mean? It doesn't track what the market does. It does the opposite of it. So people do that to hedge their bet. If, um, instead of selling off stocks, they'll just say, oh, I'm going to, 
buy an inverse ETF. So if the market does fall, I'll make my money back on that. But it's it's very risky. So it's a risky um, investment. Uh, so similar to AMC, G, GME, and uh, the main stocks, pretty much. I might not have explained that well. I'm sure Dalt can explain it much better. So I'll pass that over to him. So. No, he did. Uh, you did a you did a great a great job. So yeah, the depending on which um, which inverse ETF you're you're looking at, uh, there's a bunch of them. Um, they're either tracking a certain a certain index that is inverse of the S and P five five hundred or um, Nasdaq one one hundred or Dow, um, but ex but exactly as you said, if these major indexes um, were to fall, um, it would be taking the the other side of it. So all inverse ETFs are are on the on the way to zero. Um, they're always on, on the way to zero. Um, intermittently, they skyrocket to, um, depending, again, uh, let's use UVXI, um, it might skyrocket to 200, um, as it did last year, or close, or close to, and now it's back, been back on its way to zero. It's probably under 10 as, as we speak right now. Um, and then it'll spike again, and, but they're always on their way down to zero. So you, you, it's, not, it's not that you would hold them for the long term because you'll definitely lose money um, but you want to play them at certain time not you want to play them S certain people who who are who are extremely experienced in market timing um hedge fund managers and people that have been doing this much longer than any of us um use it to usually hedge their portfolio i, I like i can't i can't imagine anybody would ever take a position well retail investors would would take a position in that to try and profit from it but it's usually used to try and hedge your existing um long positions uh, for for me though i always use either options on say this on spy or vu or i would just use index futures and sell the s p 500 directly i don't like those inverse ETFs at all well aren't so, they aren't they three times leverage too so they'll do three times um, are they yeah, all usually time? some of them are two and three. Are they, so I think they all, they all, they all, they all are. Yeah, they all are. So oh, we do so have that a, could be very average. dangerous because you could be doubling yeah. or tripling your losses if you're wrong. Uh, yeah. So that it's a very risky play. So that I could definitely see why you would do options instead. So, so uh, Martha, and, yeah, if you're like oh. if if you're early too, if you're early and you and you get in, you say, "Oh, the market's going to drop," right? All, all this news you get in, say UVXY is at ten. You're er you're early and you end up losing twenty percent. Now UVXY drops to eight, and then <laughs> at that point you you happen to be right, and now the UVXY skyrockets up to say who knows twelve to fifth to fifteen. But you took that twenty percent loss first. So like again, you have to be there at, at the exact um, the exact right time in order to make appropriate game. That's why it's mostly used as a as a hedge because market timing, it's it's super tough. Okay, we do yeah. have a question. Um, two of them, I believe they're both from Martha Gonzalez. So where does the money come from to pay those that bet against the inverse ETF? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question, Martha. Dalt, where does that money come from? It comes from all it comes from, um, I think it's swaps. Swaps? I think they have swaps on on the um, leverage swaps on the individual indexes, and so how UVXY works is the underlying fund is 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 going always going short, 
the the particular index or the particular um, uh, uh, what's it called um, index or fund that it's trying to uh, track on the opposite side. So they're always going short that. So it's when it's when that particular bet pays off and it's all rolled over on a daily basis, I think. And whenever that particular day is that that bet pay, pay, pays off, that fund manager makes money and the fund goes up and everybody in it uh, makes money as well. Okay, and Martha just asking again, uh, just so that we know, uh, ETFs, uh, inverse ETFs, they have a different ticker? Um, yeah. Then they, okay, excellent. So yeah, you yeah. have to look out for yeah. that. Um, I do want to just shout out to Sabrina and anybody else tuning in late who haven't, who didn't get to watch the first half of the show. No worries. All you have to do is on the top of the group page, you go to the group. There is media. You click on the media, and you can see all of the videos, the photos, and that that have been posted. So you can go check out that. Uh, it's at the top. Just below where you can invite your friends there's a whole bunch of things just go to media and you can see the whole video from uh from beginning to end and all the the, uh, the live videos that we've done on the show i i would say to martha too i i would say don't worry about inverse etfs too much because that's you're playing with fire there that's that's a dangerous proposition to start buying those um and if you are buying those you got to know when to get out quick because it's a lot of guesswork trying to time the market is so it's so hard to do and nearly impossible just don't worry about the little crashes and like today the market dropped what like uh, it was like over one percent and then it ended the day only down like a uh, quarter percent so you can't really freak out about these things and it's all based on fear so why does the market drop or go up or go up and down is because of fear or <laughs> so people see inflation oh my god inflation so people start selling some of their stocks and taking profits and putting it in their bank account because they're scared. Uh, more and more people are selling than buying, the market's going to drop. So, um, but that's also an opportunity for you to buy some stuff at a cheaper price. Um, I wouldn't say go buy everything on a dip, but um, you know, if you're buying ETFs, then sure, like a SPY or something like that. Um, you know, you want to make sure you're buying a company that's good quality and strong fundamentals. And also, I should say, I talked about Greenwich earlier, and you can take this with a grain of salt because I did a quick search on Wikipedia. Um, the two zip codes in, in uh, Greenwich, uh, the average adjusted gross income in Greenwich, Connecticut. What do you what do you think it is? I don't want to take a guess because I don't want to be poor. So there's two zip codes. Over, right? over a million. Probably no, yeah. not that high. So $638,721,000. Well, I feel just Close. delighted. Sorry, yeah. I should have said a million Canadian, almost a million Canadian. Yeah, Canadian, yeah. He was talking Canadian. You have to correct us. We speak in Canadian. Oh, right, right. I didn't do the conversion there. My bad. Yeah, there we go. Um, we are coming up to the end of this show. Uh, remember, guys, we, we go live. No, no, but why is someone saying no? Sabrina, why are you saying no? I need to know why, Sabrina. You can have just <laughs> <No> wait. <laughs> why is she going no? Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to the end. So I'm going to give it off to uh, first Tony to let us know where we can find him, how we can uh, get more of his knowledge into our brains. Tony, uh, care to share? So I'm constantly scouring the forums, um, trying to help people out and make smart decisions. But you could follow me on the Stock Bros podcast on YouTube. We'll put the link in the video description below. 
And I also, for all you new investors out there, um, you know, we give a lot of information away for free and I'm always open for helping people and answering questions. But if you want to learn the ABCs of investing and learn terminology and everything, you can check out my course on Udemy and I could put that in there too. It's really cheap. It's a couple bucks, you know, so not trying to rip anybody off. There we go. And uh, your podcast is doing amazing. I just recently saw that it's uh, in the top charts in uh, what country was it that I see? Give me a second here. Yeah, yours. I I, I I follow your chart. I, I never check podcast. the charts. I, I do. I, I as a podcast promoter, uh, <laughs> where are you, the stock bros? Yes, you. Unfortunately, uh, yesterday you were in the top charts for the U.S., but now you you don't rank. Ah. I apologize. You fell out of it. But moving on from uh, podcasts, the stock bros to uh, panelists and uh, financial tips. Dalt, where can we find you? Yeah, so you can see where you can find me there. Um, Rather than talk about uh, where you can find me and what I do, I just have another point to go along with what Tony ended off with there. Um, If you're going to speculate um, and you're going to try and go against the market inverse ETFs or you're speculating in in stocks that are crappy but you're trying to do a short-term swing trader or whatever, you have to make sure that before you start doing stuff like that, that your trade management is, is extremely good. You have to have you have to have stop losses. You have to have take profits, and it all has to be automated so that it removes any human emotion from it entirely. So, for anybody that's receiving my option signals from being subscribed to the blog, as you can see, um, the last signal didn't do so well, but it was because um, I got I was able to get out early. So there was a ten percent stop loss. If it comes to the 10%, I don't re- readjust it and let it fall further. It's 10% loss. It happens. Um, it's it's the amount of, you know, through the amount of trades, you know, six out of every 10, I know that I'm going to win. So, again, you're going to have some losers along the way, but trade management has to be good. So have stop losses, have take profits. You know, if, if I'm asking for a 20 or 30% take, take, take profit, when it just gets there and it sells out, it, it's all automated. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to have human emotion in it. We have a lot of people I know in the group that have huge, huge gains, um, and you know who you are in, in companies that aren't going to be here five years from now, and you guys are holding on, holding on, holding on. You got to know when to take your gains. Otherwise, they'll make big amounts on paper, and they will stay on paper. Um, so if you're going to speculate, make sure your trade management is good. Stop losses, take profits. Everything is 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 or- orchestrated before you get in, and nothing changes once you get in. I just have that to say for that. 100%. 100% always have an exit strategy so that you can always make that solid money or you stop the money from uh, flowing out. Um, again, ladies and gentlemen, I am Phil Better. He, uh, wait, he is Dalt. He is Tony. If you're interested in learning more about entrepreneurship, I host a podcast called Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, where I interview amazing, amazing entrepreneurs who have created businesses that you can sometime invest in. Um, we just finished season through three, uh, season two, sorry, and season three starts next week. Uh, we finished off with Dom Einhorn, an amazing angel investor, startup uh, incubator, and uh, amazing other stuff. He owns a rugby team. I I talked with someone who owns a rugby team. How many people get to do that? Make sure you go check out Investing Yourself Pod. We got to get him on the show. Don't worry, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. There's something coming in July. He's going to be for sure coming in July when. Uh, I can't really talk about it, but there's some big things coming. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Stop Dirty To Me podcast and live show. Thank you so much. Remember, 
If you have any questions, leave them in the comments when you're rewatching this or ask us. We'll be more than happy to answer your questions on the show. And we just thank you so much. Thanks, everybody.